0: Let's pray. Father in heaven, we are grateful to You that You are indeed the King of glory. You are the Creator of the universe. And You are the One who has created us. You are the One who is pleased to sustain us in this life. And we are thankful and we give You the praise that You are due. Forgive us that we do not always, as we ought, Uh, Lift our hearts to You in praise. Uh, Grant that uh, more and more our hearts might be attuned to You, to love You, and to follow You. Uh, Carry us through this life uh, to this end, we pray. And we ask that uh, this short class period might uh, be a step in that direction. So be pleased to bless us and encourage us in these next few minutes, we pray, in the good and gracious name of Jesus Christ the Lord. Amen. Please be seated. Hopefully you have a handout. If you do not have a handout, you should be provided one. Same procedure as last hour. I read the question, you read the answer. Or recite the answer as appropriate. What are the decrees of God? The decrees of God are his eternal purpose, according to the counsel of his will, whereby for his own glory he hath ordained whatsoever comes to pass. How doth God execute his decrees? God executed his decrees in the works of creation and marvels. What is the work of creation? How did God create man? God I created man, male and female, after his own image, in knowledge, righteousness, and holiness, with dominion over the Very good. And uh, you'll notice the text at the uh, head of the outline, Worthy are You, our Lord and our God, to receive glory and honor and power, for You created all things, and by your will they existed and were created. And so in this uh, hour, we're talking about God's glory in the good news, that He is our Creator. And uh, understanding uh, this is the case uh, puts this in our po- proper place. We are the creature Not the Creator. (laughs) Uh, uh, Easy to say, uh, but uh, often uh, we puff ourselves up uh, because we do have uh, creative powers ourselves. Having been created after the image of God, uh, we do uh, create things ourselves. But He is the One who is the Creator over all. And any creative power you and I may have uh, due to the gifts that He is pleased to give to us uh, are just that, uh, things that God has given to us, abilities God has given to us, uh, so that we may further reflect His image. And in this section of the Catechism, uh, uh, after having... Uh, discovered by way of the questions and answers, uh, the first questions and answers, we uh, come now, uh, discovered that uh, who God is as uh, this infinite and eternal being, uh, we come to the idea of the decrees of God. Uh, The decrees of God are His eternal purpose according to the counsel of His will, whereby, and you see again, for His own glory, He hath foreordained whatsoever comes to pass. And notice that we speak of the decrees of God, plural, and His eternal purpose, singular. Everything is encompassed in God's eternal purpose, singular. There are many activities... Uh, many statements, many decrees, uh, but there is a single purpose uh, towards which God is bringing all things. And of course, uh, this single purpose involves His own glory. Uh, I'm a little amused at this uh, from a perspective. Uh, And not all of you are ministers and pastors and preachers, but I think of the pastor and his sermon in this regard. That the sermon, and I see one pastor smiling at me, that's fine, this is good, because he knows already where I'm going with this. And that a sermon ought to have a single purpose. (laughs) And this is part of the idea, uh, to get across one point. There are many uh, things that are said, uh, but a single purpose is always helpful. And God, uh, uh, amazingly enough, is our model in this regard. That uh, He does have a single overarching purpose for all that He does. And He does, of course, a multitude of things. And so we see uh, 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 the decrees of God, which are many, uh, uh, fold together uh, to bring about His singular purpose. And uh, this is in accordance with the counsel of His will. Uh, And uh, so uh, God, uh, we would say, is His own counselor. He needs no one uh, to give him counsel with regard uh, to the architecture of the universe and the architecture of your life and my life. Uh, uh, If you build a home, uh, you will no doubt uh, hire an architect. Uh, But if you hire a builder, uh, first of all, the builder has already hired an architect. To design the home. And the builder will follow the plans that have already been laid out. And uh, uh, these individuals uh, counsel with one another as the construction proceeds. God needs no counselor. He knows the end from the beginning. And it's a wonderful thing, is it not? In uh, speaking about the narrative portions of the Bible, which are many, and in reading these narratives, you often discover uh, that uh, in these stories and in these narratives, you uh, are given the thoughts of the characters in the story. And uh, you are uh, given... Uh, the plot of the story often, and uh, you are given uh, uh, details of the story that no one could know except the author. And of course, the author of the story is God Himself, who is the one who uh, is above the story, and He knows the end from the beginning and wonder of wonders you and I when we read these stories are given the privilege of being brought up uh, to this high position of the place of the narrator so that you too can see from the high ground and the place of the narrator uh, the end from the beginning and you can hear the thoughts of the characters of the story and details of the story that no one else would have the privilege of knowing. You you see, all of these things, all of these kinds of things are uh, caught up in the counsel of God's will. And they are foreordained for God's glory. I remember years ago sitting in a class that had to do with the life of David. And at the end of each class session, the class leader would ask a question. And the question would be, so now what's the moral of the story? And I went the idea of the story is not to find a moral the idea of the story is to find to see the grand purposes of the great God of heaven and what God is up to in the story you see and uh, this is the idea. The decrees of God are His eternal purpose according to the counsel of His will, whereby for His own glory He hath foreordained whatsoever has come to pass. Uh, the text, uh, Ephesians one eleven and 12, in Him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined. Of course, uh, the Apostle Paul is speaking to the members of the church at Ephesus. And he sang to them, We have obtained an inheritance. How so? Having been predestined to that inheritance according to the purpose. You see, there we have it again. Of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. All things are being brought together in your life and in my life according to the counsel of God's will for the ultimate purpose of bringing glory to the great God of heaven. You and I so often caught down in the mundane things of this life wondering how we're going to pay the bills and how we're going to get the car repaired. A strange thing happened to me on the way to the conference this year Friday night. The lights on the dashboard in our car began going bing 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 saying go to the go, <laughs> go to the dealer quick <laughs> before your car explodes <laughs> so, so I called the dealer. Oh, sorry, we're all booked up for the morning, but you can come in and take your chances. Everything is worked out in accordance with the purpose of God's own will. What is chance? Chance is nothing at all, <laughs> but uh, uh, these these are the things. We're caught down in the mundane things of this life. So I got up early and, and got in line at the dealership uh, to find out what was going on with our car and thinking, I'm supposed to be at this conference <laughs> this afternoon. Am I going to have to rent a car? <laughs> I don't know. Well, everything turned out just fine. Not to worry. Everything's in God's hands. And... What a wonderful thing it is to be in God's hands. Again, the text, In Him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of Him who works all things according to the counsel of His will, so that we who hope in Christ might be to the praise of His glory. Thank You, Lord, that all things, are worked out in accordance with the counsel of your will. Hey, Romans eight twenty eight is not is not just a text that you put on a plaque and hang on your bathroom wall. All things work together for good. All things work together for good. If you're called according to the purposes of God, every atom in the universe is being caused to work together for your good as a believer in Jesus Christ. What a thing that is! And uh, this is uh, part of the idea behind the decrees of God. You and I are nestled in the hands of the Almighty God. Uh, Just like uh, some of you mothers nestling your little one close to your bosom, each one of us nestled In the hands of the great God of heaven. A a comforting and hopeful thing for us to realize. How doth God, question eight, how doth God execute his decrees? How does God bring about these decrees? God executeth his decrees in the works of creation and providence. And so now we have these two other subjects that the catechism begins to break out. The decrees of God and then how these decrees of God are executed, brought about in this world, in this creation. He executes His decrees in the works of creation and providence. Revelation 4.11, "...worthy are you, our Lord and our God, to receive..." glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and by your will they existed and were created. I love science fiction. (laughs) My wife uh, smiles at me, uh, because I'm forever going to uh, the science fiction channel and... uh, uh, pulling up Star Wars or something that has to do with spaceships and outer space and all of these things. And uh, I was a Star Trekkie. I loved it. Uh, and uh, that, that, that's just part of my uh, DNA, I guess. Uh, this is who I am. But, but uh, uh, more and more uh, in these movies, uh, you, you see uh, uh, the pictures and the portrayals of the wonders of the expanse of the universe. And, and it's, it's mind-boggling in its beauty. And uh, I, I, sometimes I just sit there with my jaw hanging open because it, it's just uh, so terrific uh, to see uh, some of these uh, great things. When I, when I was a youngster, uh, a little biographical uh, note. Uh, when I was little... Uh, I, I was very interested in astronomy. And uh, I had telescopes and I had notebooks where I made diagrams of the different planets and uh, diagrams of the solar system and distances of the planets from the sun and and all this sort of thing. And uh, I, I wanted to be an, uh, an astronomer. And, and I figured out that... Uh, uh, being an astronomer that looks through a telescope, you know those guys uh, and gals that go to Mount Palomar and and uh, those places, they're few and far between, believe me. Uh, pretty hard to to uh, get one of those jobs. Uh, so uh, uh, when I first went to school, uh, I, I took math and I wanted to be a mathematical astronomer and so I could calculate orbits and And trajectories for rockets and all this kind of stuff. Man, that's cool. This is cool stuff. And uh, go to Cape Canaveral and and, uh, climb around on the old rockets and that sort of thing. Uh, But but you see, uh, this created order is so uh, magnificent. And uh, God is the one who put all of these things together. And God is the one who intricately orders how all of the pieces of this universe, including uh, each one of us and our individual body parts, function together to bring about this universe and its beauty. I made the mistake uh, one day years ago uh, preaching at my uh, in-laws uh, congregation of uh, speaking about uh, how uh, the Lord even had the hairs of our head numbered, which He says He does. See, not too many on some heads, of course, but but uh, but but I but I said, you know, when when you clean out the bathroom sink and look in the bathroom sink and see the hair in the bathroom sink, remember what the Lord says about uh, His. Having the hairs of your head numbered, and uh, unfortunately, some people in the congregation asked my mother in law if she 'd cleaned the bathroom sink that morning. <laughs> this is a little embarrassing <laughs> uh, so you can get yourself in trouble on some of these things, but god you see God uh, orders all of these things and superintends every aspect of your life and my life, no matter how minute it might be. Uh, Think about how Joseph and Mary got to Bethlehem so that the Lord Jesus was not born in Nazareth, but was born in Bethlehem. See, what had to happen the emperor of the world issued a decree that there should be a census taken in all of his realm. And because of that decree, Joseph and Mary traveled from Nazareth to Bethlehem so that a prophecy of the Bible would be properly fulfilled. The big things and the little things are superintended by the great God of the Bible, you see, so that everything comes together perfectly for His honor and for His glory. Uh, I have here one of the proof texts also from Daniel uh, chapter four. Uh, Uh, Nebuchadnezzar. And at the end of the days, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted my eyes to heaven and my reason returned to me and I blessed the Most High and praised and honored Him who lives forever for His dominion is everlasting is an everlasting dominion and His kingdom endures from generation to generation. All the inhabitants of the earth are accounted as nothing and He does according to His will among the hosts of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth. And none can stay His hand or say to Him, what have you done? Nebuchadnezzar had to learn that lesson the hard way. And when his senses came back to him, he realized the power of the great God of heaven. And even though he had been a great king, he was reduced to nothing. And that he was in essence nothing in the sight of the living God and he could not stay the hand of God. God superintends all that takes place in this world and in this great creation. I was just reminded, I had forgotten about this, that in God's Providence, which is his ordering of all things, that uh, the last time uh, my wife and I had uh, been a- at uh, uh, this family c- conference, uh, the conference was uh, uh, getting uh, the residuals from uh, Hurricane Dennis. Huh! Uh, that's interesting. See? That's interesting. And uh, I didn't remember this. I guess I had blotted this out of my mind that uh, Hurricane Dennis had arrived uh, at the conference and I I was nicknamed that. Well, much less of a hurricane now, I can assure you. Uh, Question 9. What is the work of creation? The work of creation is God's making all things of nothing by the Word of His power in the space of six days And all very good. Uh, The catechism in one respect, I think, is a little misleading uh, because I think it is correct to say, out of nothing, nothing comes. That uh, uh, what uh, the catechism is really relating to us is the fact uh, that God did not take some pre-existent matter and create the universe out of some pre-existent matter. That the universe uh, sprung, as it were, or came uh, from, as it were, out of Him uh, by the speaking of His Word, by the bare pronouncement of the Word of God, the universe came into existence. That this is the idea that is being presented in the catechism. And the catechism is telling us in the space of six days. And the word yom, the Hebrew word in the book of Genesis, has generally the meaning of a 24-hour day. That that is the particular meaning of the word. It is used differently even in the first couple of chapters of Genesis to refer to longer periods of time. But I prefer the standard meaning of the word in six 24-hour days. And from this, uh, you see, this is where we get into uh, a little bit of a controversy uh, for some. Uh, you see, at the same time, I am one who uh, believes in uh, what is called a young earth. And uh, I, I was kind of surprised in reading uh, Calvin's sermons on Genesis. Uh, I, I recommend Calvin's sermons uh, to you. Uh, uh, most of us uh, have read Uh, Calvin's institutes and uh, Calvin's commentaries, but Calvin's sermons are not uh, as often read. And in uh, Calvin's sermons on Genesis, uh, he makes the statement that uh, some would be surprised that we believe that the the earth is only a few thousand years old. I thought to myself, I even wrote in the margin of of, uh, the book, I, I guess Calvin believes in a young earth. Uh, rather than in an earth that is millions of years old. I remember going to a presbytery meeting uh, years ago uh, uh, where uh, this debate was being carried on. And uh, one of the men in the presbytery uh, stood up and uh, bright, uh, avid uh, apologist and a presuppositional apologist, uh, if if you understand what that means. Uh, And he said, well, all you have to do is go to the Grand Canyon and look at the strata uh, that is present in the Grand Canyon, and you know immediately that the earth is is millions of years old. And I thought to myself... Huh, that's interesting. I thought we defined the earth and described the earth in terms of the Word of God rather than describing the Word of God in terms of what we observe in the earth. And I think that was a great error on his part. And I know uh, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, pressing into to an area in which there is some controversy. And not too long ago, I was corrected after a sermon uh, by an elder in our uh, denomination. And I said, that's fine. I understand where you're coming from. Uh, but you should understand where I'm coming from also. And I think this is uh, where the catechism is coming from. And you'll notice uh, that uh, the catechism answer ends uh, with this uh, very uh, fine word, and all very good. That the creation is good. One of the things that uh, Calvin brings out in his sermons on Genesis is that although we might go to what we would consider the most lush and beautiful areas of the world today. We have no idea by comparison the glory and the beauty and the lush characteristics of the world as it came from the hand of the great God of heaven. And I think he's right. Although we might stand in awe with regard to the beauty of this creation as it stands before us after the fall, we have no idea of how gorgeous and great the creation was before the curse was leveled upon it. And it's good for us to contemplate things like this. That from the hand of God, the created order came from Him. Very good. And uh, the proof texts are simple. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. By faith we understand that the universe was created By the word of God, so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. God saw everything that he made, and behold, it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. And then how did God create man? God created man male and female after His own image in knowledge, righteousness, and holiness with dominion over the creatures. So God created man in His own image. In the image of God, He created him. Male and female, He created them. Notice again the striking way in which Genesis records our creation. He created man in His own image. What did that image involve? In the image of God, He created Him. Male and female, He created them. The Him and the them are equated. You see this in the text. He created him, male and female. He created them. Singularity, plurality. They go together. And so you may ask the question, What's more important? You, uh, if you're a couple, let's let's just take married couples uh, as an example. What's more important? Uh, you as individuals or you as a couple? What's more important? You, you see, uh, the tension that arises. And in families, this tension often drives uh, couples apart because we... Uh, desire our individuality. We want our own selves to be prominent. What's more important? Our individuality or the notion of the fact that we're together? Uh, they're equally ultimate. This is what the Bible is telling us. See? You cannot play one off the other. And uh, this is part of what's so significant about our being in the image of God. We are uh, one in Christ, you see. Uh, We are also individuals. But we cannot play uh, ourselves off of one another as individuals as though one of us is more important than the other. This is not the case, you see. Our individuality and the fact that we are corporately one are equally ultimate. And this is true within the marital relationship. Uh, You see, you would say the same thing about the Godhead. What's Who's more important? God the Father, God the Son, or God the Holy Spirit? They are equally ultimate. And this is what the Catechism is telling us. They play different roles... They have different jobs and duties as they carry out redemption, and we're going to see that as we proceed in the catechism, but we must understand that unity and plurality are equally ultimate. It's interesting as we see this this tension played out in our culture, is it not? You see that individuals want their rights uh, as opposed to... the. Uh, uh, the corporate unity of a body. And uh, one ought not to be played out uh, against uh, the others. Uh, So, how did God create man? God created man, male and female, after His own image, in knowledge, righteousness, and holiness, with dominion over the creatures. And uh, you can see in uh, uh, at the bottom of the page, the proof text there, Ephesians 4.24, these are uh, classic proof texts uh, put on the new self, created in the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. So, uh, if we're created in the image of God, uh, what does that image include? True righteousness and holiness. uh, Colossians 3.10 Put on the new self which is being renewed in, the knowledge, in knowledge after the image of the Creator. Uh, what does the image of God uh, involve? True knowledge, righteousness, and holiness. Adam and Eve, wonder of wonders, were created with true knowledge, righteousness, and holiness. In other words, As Adam and Eve came from the hand of God, Adam and Eve knew, they understood truly that they were creatures of God and that God is their Creator or was their Creator. They knew that. They had that knowledge and understanding. They had true knowledge, righteousness or uh, justice. Uh, They were able to judge justly. They knew that when God said, you shall not eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, they could make the judgment that was wrong for them to eat of that tree. They understood that that was the case. And they had holiness. And the root of holiness is separated for the purposes of God. To be holy is to be separated Uh, We are a holy people. That is, we are separated from the world for the purposes of God. Uh, True holiness means you're separated for the purposes of God. And Adam and Eve had true holiness. They were separated for the purposes of God. Wouldn't it be great if true knowledge, righteousness, and holiness obtained in the lives of all individuals in the world today. (laughs) We we wouldn't know how to act. (laughs) We'd be stunned, I think, (laughs) if this were the case. Uh, uh, But but this is is where God is drawing us uh, to this kind of a life. Uh, This is where uh, God is taking us. Uh, How did God create man? God created man, male and female, after His own image, in knowledge, righteousness, and holiness. So we're talking about the pristine creation with dominion over the creatures, with uh, rule over uh, the created order, rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air. And... Uh, there are those who uh, are saying uh, in this world today that, uh, no, no, we, we ought to just let things go back to the wild and uh, uh, let the animals uh, go wild. You know, the, the ele- Elephants in, in uh, circuses, oh, that's very bad, very bad. Uh, they, should go, they should go back to the wild. And uh, you t- uh, unfortunately, you turn those elephants back to the wild, they're going to die. <laughs> this is part of the problem uh, and uh, uh, but but uh, we are you see uh, called to uh, superintend uh, the creation to uh, uh, be uh, god 's uh, supervisors of this created order and to care for this creation and to tend uh, for this creation it 's a wonderful thing uh, when you see Christian people. Uh, uh, go out on, uh, on a, uh, a, a, a park or uh, some other location and have a, a great retreat and do many things. And then when a uh, camp is broken, uh, you go through the camp and there's not a scrap of paper left. Uh, there are not uh, uh, unseemly uh, things that are left uh, behind, uh, but the area is left in a pristine uh, condition. And that's how it ought to be. Uh, we're called uh, to care for this created order. And uh, this is why, one of the reasons that God uh, placed us uh, in the created order the way He has. And uh, so, uh, the lesson is God's glory in the good news that He is our Creator. He is the one who made you and me. And so, uh, when you look into the mirror in the morning, and you may not be too happy with the way you look, just remember. God made you just the way you are. And you and I need to be satisfied with the way that God has made each one of us. And give praise to God that that's the case. And as we grow a little bit older or We mature in this life and in our relationships. We have no call to look at a spouse or a child or someone else and say, I wish God had made you differently and grumble and complain. No. Thank You, Lord. You've made each one of us just the way we are to satisfy Your purposes and for Your glory. And if we're unsettled with that, give us peace and understanding in our hearts that we might rejoice in You the way we ought and be satisfied in this life and learn to enjoy you. And having learned to enjoy you, thus learn to enjoy ourselves. God grant each of us and each one of you that grace. Let's have a word of prayer. Uh, Lord, we're thankful for Your grace. You're good to us in every respect. Uh, Thank You for the fact that You created us and placed us in this world. And uh, thank You that uh, You give us contentment uh, with the lot in life in which You've uh, uh, placed us and that which You've given us. And we thank You that that's the case. And I pray that uh, this will be the case for each of us. And uh, as we... Uh, carry out the various uh, duties and responsibilities that we have uh, during the conference. Uh, We pray that you'll uh, give us grace and light. And I pray, Father, more and more uh, as we uh, think about uh, the things that are brought to us in our uh, class sessions, that uh, our trust and faith in you will grow. And uh, we pray uh, for one another uh, that this will be the case. So be pleased to bless us to this end and dismiss us now uh, with your care, we ask in the good name of Jesus Christ the Lord. Amen.